This is Stan and Carl with A Word Fitly Spoken. This is a privately funded podcast, and yet we need your support, not with money, but with your prayers, that this ministry accomplishes two things. One is that we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and second, that this is a platform for Christians to be able to tell their story. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and like us. This makes our podcast much easier for others to find on Stitcher and iTunes and iHeartRadio and anywhere that podcasts are playing. This recording and the material within it is copyrighted and any rebroadcast or use of the material without expressed written consent is strictly prohibited. Hello and welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken with Carl and Stan. We are here to bring you the good news, give some reports from the local mission field, and to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So sit back, listen, and enjoy A Word Fitly Spoken. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken with Stan and Carl. We're here at Winds Baptist Church today on a beautiful Saturday morning with two of our favorite people in the church. Uh, it's Brother Russ White and Brother Doug Atkins. Uh, I, you may not know their names, you may, but you definitely know their faces. Uh, they're always here. Uh, these guys, they, they mean a lot to uh, Carl and I. Uh, we actually interfere in your lives, guys, uh, what, every Saturday morning. <laughs> And, uh, they're in here doing their thing, and uh, of course we come in and you know, we get to give them a hard time, and they just give us a hard time back. So to keep things straight, we have a Yankee and we have a Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> Russ is uh, originally up from up in Maine, right, Russ? That's right. Yeah, so he's our Yankee, and of course we got uh, Doug over there who uh, still wears uh, Confederate gray from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Doug Atkins, uh, you've been here in Virginia most of your life, right? Born and raised in Oregon Hill. Oregon Hill. Virginia. Yes, oh, sir. There you go. Fantastic. So, Oregon Hill, that was a tough part of tough part of town, huh? We had a reputation of being tough, but that was it. We were a good neighborhood. Yeah, good neighborhood. But you, good people. But you were a t- you were the one that gave that bad reputation, huh? Uh, they, that's what they're claiming. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doug, in an in area like that, t- tell us a little bit about Oregon Hill when you were a kid, and then tell us how you come to know Christ. Uh, Oregon Hill. Uh, Oregon Hill, I was known as sort of a guy that walked the streets that was, uh, it was a joke. said so I was as mean as an Oregon Hill alley cat looking for a big dog to fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. and, uh, but Oregon Hill was a great place. Yeah. Uh, we grew up there. We played baseball. That's all we did. Yeah. The Rotary Club had our playgrounds. Uh, they swashed us, and we were good at it. Yeah, we were good at it. You played a lot of baseball, then. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, we actually played uh, semi-pro ball. Did you really? What, what yeah. position did you play? I play. I, I was a pitcher. You were a pitcher. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. And uh, small, but. I had a lot of junk. Well, yeah. Well, I was going to say you're a small guy. I thought you'd be shortstop, but okay. No, what do I know? <laughs> but uh, like I said, Oregon Hill was a great place, great neighborhood. We protected each other, and uh, yeah. but we had a bad reputation. Yeah. People know it. Yeah. Uh, like people like Tom Lacey and people that belong to our church here. Yeah. So Tom was a grew up in that same area. Or he no, was sir. He was a, he was at Oregon Hill a lot of times okay. with us. Okay. But he was well known. 
Sure. You didn't come on Oregon Hill unless you were known. Okay. That's real. Really. really? It's <laughs> very territorial then, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we, were. we were. I got you. Yeah. But, uh, so you and Tom go way back to times when you were a kid. Tom and I, we've we've known each other, I know, in the printing industry 50 years. I've known Tom for 50 years. Wow, that's fantastic. And uh, we went to meetings a lot of times. We did some stuff we shouldn't have done, but, you know. Yeah. So for those listeners out there who are not familiar with Tom Lacey, you will be hearing from him in future uh, podcasts with us. He's a member of the Seekers class and, again, one of those uh, elders in the church that um, helps direct direct me, I, I tell you, and he's just been a real blessing uh, for us and really enjoy his, his ministry. So let me ask you, Doug, uh, continuing with that, did you, uh, how did you come to know Christ? Did you find a church there in Oregon Hill or did, or did someone come to you? No, sir. We, we, we actually didn't go to church on Oregon Hill. We just did not do it. Okay. Yeah, Pine Street Baptist Church was probably one of the oldest churches in the state of Virginia. Okay. And uh, uh, we just didn't go to church. I tell you, up until, uh, this is very honest, up until 25 years ago, church was a waste of my time. Mm. Okay. I mean, 25 years ago, that close. Yeah. Church was just a waste of my time. I had too many other things to do to come to church other yeah. than come to church. Right. You, were, you, were, you had your, your uh, things that you wanted to do in the world and Yes, sir. And, and things like when, I, when I'm saying that now, uh, church was a waste of time, which way people thought about it that, that we did. But uh, I got involved in churches through my father-in-law. When I married my wife, Ellen, yeah. I married into a Christian family. Okay, so what, what year did you and Ellen get married? Oh, boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, see now, you realize Ellen's going to be listening to this. Yeah, that's what I'm scared of. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody out there listening, please pray for uh, Doug. We've, we've been together for 42 years. 42 years, 42 that's fantastic. Years. Yeah. Fantastic. By the way, listeners, uh, Ellen um, Atkins also is in the choir. Uh, she is very involved with the youth in this church and her ministry. She's got stories of her own that we hope to someday be able yeah. to speak to her about. But uh, And amazingly, 42 years she's put up with Doug. So that's that. It just tells you how strong this she, woman is. She is a very strong woman. Very strong. <laughs> very and strong she'll tell woman. you that. Yes, she will. Yeah. <laughs> so you married, you met Ellen. Yes. You got married, and you and Ellen's in a Christian, from a Christian. Very home. Christian family. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bob Salmon was one of the finest people I've ever met in my life. He was more of a, he was a father to me. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah. He started me going to Biltmore Baptist Church. I started going with him, and I totally got, I like doing things. I like building things, uh, uh, fixing things. Yeah. And he got me involved in the uh, premises committee, we called it then. And I got in touch with uh, Bob Burns. He was a pastor there. Mm -hmm. I just fell in love with the church. That's fantastic. Mr. Burns and Mr. Salmon actually got me involved in the church. I fell in love with it. I really did. Uh, I had to leave Biltmore Baptist Church and come to Winds Baptist Church. Yeah. But that's a good story when I come to Winds Baptist Church. Yeah, well, we're going to ask that in just I a minute. I wish you would, please, because this means a lot to me in my life. I understand. So, so it was through that relationship? They, they, they through, through my father-in-law's relationship is when I really became a Christian. Okay. I really believe that, and I think it was all planned. Okay. It had to be planned. That's the only way I can, I mean, what I've done at Biltmore Baptist Church, and when I came here at Winds Baptist Church, 
it's like I just jump from one building to the other building and I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. I wasn't in this church a week for Raw from All, which used to be a member here, he's passed away. Yeah. Asked me to help him cook hot dogs for the fall festival. Yeah. That just got me going. And that got you going. And just one thing after another. Well, I will say this, Doug. It's, there's no question in my mind that God puts people in our lives to help steer us in the direction we need to go. Yeah. Um, and there will be events. There have been events that are put into our lives to help open our eyes so that we can see more clearly the path that God wants us to take. But ultimately, it's the decisions that you make. I mean, the decisions are there. I mean, you either make the right decision or you make the wrong decision, and it's going to lead you towards the cross or it's going to lead you away from the cross. Having Ellen come into your life. Oh, having that was a blessing. Yes. I don't want her to hear this, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, she was, but she's, she's been a pull on my life for the last 40 years. That's a wonderful story, man. It really, it really is. is. So we're going to shift gears now. Russ... Uh, you've been laughing and holding back your laughter, and I, I've been watching it. <laughs> He's trying not to laugh, but he can't help himself. Russ, you uh originally from Maine. Yes, little little small town up in Maine, in the backwoods, and a dirt road. Yeah. Uh, long ways from anything. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, I, I had a chance to live up in Maine for about a year. I was in Saco, Maine, which is really right on the shore, uh, the shoreline. But you were out in the western portion. West, western portion, and the middle of the mountains and the lakes and oh, wow. they always used to tell us that the two things in Maine that there was uh, two seasons in the year there was winter and the 4th of July and some <laughs> years we missed the 4th of July <laughs> oh I can only imagine I can only imagine uh, so tell me uh, Russ uh, growing up in Maine is this where you found Christ at a church there yeah, no uh, I have very little activity church wise growing up uh, there were two big churches up there that were both Catholic churches, and I was not part of the Catholic right. uh, bringing up. Uh, most of the, my experience with church was a summertime. We had a little Sunday school class for children in a one-room schoolhouse, and I believe it was my school teacher taught the Sunday school class. And I learned the stories about David and Goliath and Noah and Moses and, and those things, and, and uh, that's about all that amounted to, but I learned all those stories and still remember them, Yeah. Uh, but had very little to do with church. Yeah. Uh, I was baptized, though, as a Congregationalist, and I'm not sure what that meant. <laughs> it didn't mean anything to me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, later in life, I met my bride-to-be, and we wanted a church wedding, and uh, she had been active in a, in a Baptist church there off and on, and was far more experienced in, in uh, Christian things than I was, yeah. but uh, we wanted to get married in a church, and we decided to get married in a, in a Methodist church. Okay. It was a nice church, and and we went there, and we did get married there, and we promised the pastor that when we got back from a honeymoon that we would come back and go to church, which we did. Uh, I kind of reluctantly, <laughs> her not so much, and, and we went there for several years. Uh, she was, became fairly active, and I became more and more reluctant. Uh, it, it was, uh, but we got, uh, I got, I guess we joined the church there, right. and I got sprinkled again as a Methodist, gotcha. uh, none of which uh, 
meant anything to me. I heard no, what I would call now, a gospel message. Uh, I heard about the, the goodness of Christ and those sorts of things, but I never heard anything that would convict me to make any decisions in my life. Right. Uh, it was sort of a, a place to go once in a while and uh, uh, meet people that I worked with, and that's all it amounted to. But fortunately, we got transferred here to Virginia, and uh, we'd been here about two days. Moving people came and brought all of the furnishings, and the house was full of boxes and in complete disarray, and the doorbell rang. And uh, it was uh, Pastor Donovan, who was the pastor here at Winds Baptist Church back then. This was in 1971. Okay. And he said he was the pastor from Winds Baptist Church. And we said, well, we're Methodists. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to close the door on him. <laughs> and being a, being a wise man as he was, he gave us directions to the local Methodist Church. Go. That's right. And we started going there, my wife quite a bit, and me less so, yeah. uh, very reluctantly at that. But about mm, less than two years later, uh, my children were invited to Wynn's Church for vacation Bible school. And uh, they went all week long, and we took them, and you know, I think my neighbor took them. Mm. And uh, Friday night they had a family night service. And he said, well, the parents have to come to see what the kids have done in vacation Bible school. So we said, okay, a good parent. We go and see what our kids did. And I truly don't remember anything much about what my kids' involvement were at that time. They were budding teenagers. Right. And the thing I do remember was uh, the teenagers in the church all stood up, or many of them, and gave testimonies. And I had never heard anybody at that age give a passionate, sincere testimony about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Really? That, that just floored me. Yeah. I said, I, that, that was beyond what I expected from a teenager. Wow. And, uh, and I'm thinking, well, my kids are about to be teenagers. And uh, my wife and I talked about it afterwards, and we said all for the wrong reasons. It'd be a good idea for our kids to go to that church. They'd make some good friends there and seem like good people and keep them out of trouble. Yeah. So they went, and, and we started going. And... Uh, I heard Pastor Donovan preach a number of messages, and they were f different than I'd heard before. They were somewhat convicting, and they just sort of grew and grew. And after just a few months, uh, they had a the old-fashioned church revival, right. and a revival pastor come in, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, uh, I didn't go. My wife went, and uh, she went forward during uh, one of those evenings, and she said, you need to come. So it was a Wednesday night, I believe it was, I went, and the pastor preached on hell and damnation. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I never really understood in my life that you know, I needed to make decisions in my life as to uh, where I should go and where I shouldn't go. But his passionate preaching made all the things that Pastor Dunham was, was preaching beforehand just come together. It, it made really? sense to me, and I said, yeah. you know, you're in the wrong track, boy. You're, you're not as a solid citizen as you always thought you'd been. Uh, you have a lot of needs in your life, and you need something more than what you're going to get from your friends around you. So there was something in that message something that, in that lit message. a fire inside it you. It pulled together the things that Pastor Donovan had been uh, uh, preaching, and he, yeah. he, he, took, he was a, a friend to me. He talked to me a lot and shared with me a lot and uh, gave me guidance a lot, but it... it <laughs> It was slow coming through, but during that revival service, it, it suddenly said, son, you need to 
change your life. Make and uh, the next thing I knew, I was up at the front of the church, yeah. confessing my sins to the pastor, and, and he prayed with me. Fantastic. And uh, uh, it was, I was overwhelmed. I think it's amazing because both of your stories are very similar. You came to Christ a little later in life. And I was yes. late thirties, and you, and you both were brought there with wives who were already walking with the Lord. God puts people in your life as well, Russ, mm -hmm. to help get you where you needed to be, so that you can make that decision. Sure. That's a beautiful story. The sad thing was, though, as soon as I got home that night, I said, "What have you done?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I started. I started. <laughs> I started having all these doubts. What did I do? Was it you know? Yeah. Uh, this, this is not you. You're you're very. Uh, you don't do ration, irrational things like that. And because I said you know, next step was going to be baptism. Yeah. And uh, I was, I was sure I probably done something wrong, but as time went on, I it became a, a more meaningful to me. And I happened to be baptized not too long after that the same pool with my wife, my two oldest daughters, and myself. Wow. That's just, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a fantastic thing. And for those listeners, uh, Russ's daughter is the piano player here, uh, Sharon Nunn, uh, and part of, big part of the music ministry here. And your wife, Vi, I know she works with my wife, with uh, the children on Sunday mornings. She's a Sunday school teacher. Actually, I think Miss Vi has been a Sunday school teacher for a lot of years. Ever since we've been here. Wow, so since the 70s. Yeah. So. Now, what, yeah. One other thing with that, uh, kind of ironic, but kind of God's planning, my oldest daughter married Pastor Donovan's son. Oh, wow! <laughs> so that, that preacher that came knocking on our door that we kind of rudely <laughs> told we were Methodist. Yeah. Uh, uh, he ended up being in-laws with the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it, uh, that's fantastic. Tell me God's not working in that. That's just amazing. We hope you enjoyed part one of the testimonies of Doug Atkins and Russ White. These two men are amazing examples of how God works in the lives of those who are committed to serving Him. We will have part two for you in a few weeks. If you have any questions, concerns, prayer requests, or you would like to share your testimony, please email us at wordfitlyspoken at outlook.com. In closing, as you go throughout your day, Remember Proverbs 25.11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Have a blessed day.